You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. More phone calls, as we always do every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. Reggie Miller, prominently featured on The Last Dance, will join us coming up. Reg should take a victory lap there. Michael wasn't mean-spirited to him. Mike took no prisoners, but he had great respect for Reggie and those Indiana Pacers. I just saw this story. This is uh, about Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. He was speaking on 105.7 The Fan, and Sean Payton said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers forced then-head coach Lovey Smith to tank and lose a game to the Saints in Week 17 of the 2014 season so they could take Jameis Winston. He said that uh, they forced Lovey Smith to take his starters out of the game so they could get one spot to draft Jameis. And Sean Payton says the Saints were up or down 20 to 7 at halftime. Buccaneers went on to lose 23 to 20, giving up 16 fourth quarter points to New Orleans. That gave the Bucs the number one overall pick. They drafted Jameis Winston. Now Jameis Winston is with the New Orleans Saints. All right, uh, poll question, McLovin, and the results so far. Okay, so the first two hours was, what's the best opponent that the Bulls beat in the playoffs? Uh, it was the Pacers and the Jazz, a close second. Okay. Uh, Todd had an interesting question that I will let whoa, him pitch whoa, for whoa, a third whoa. hour. Breaking news, Todd, with an interesting question. Okay. I wonder, you were talking about how curious you were if they would have maybe won seven, eight titles if Jordan didn't go play baseball and they just played straight through. What are you more curious about? How many total titles the Bulls would have had if baseball wasn't involved or if Kobe and Shaq stayed together for their full careers or for the, for the time they were first together and stayed all the way through? Um, I hadn't really thought of Shaq and Kobe. I've, I've often said that we would look back on their career together for what they didn't do and not what they did do because they they could have won as many as they wanted to, it felt like. Jordan, I would like to see those two years, you know, when he uh, he was interrupted to play baseball or interrupted his career to go play baseball if he had stayed those two years. I don't know if they would have won titles both of those years. I think the toll of winning three in a row really, you know, took their – Toll on that team and 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 Michael Jordan. I think Michael needed a rest. I think he was burnt out, and him leaving and then coming back and kind of recharged his battery. And then he got to you know after the Utah series when they won, you could tell he was burnt out again. But he said, "Look, I would have come back to play one more game. I don't know what that payroll would have been. I don't know how good they would have been because Jordan would. We know he would have been great." Pippen probably wouldn't have been there because they couldn't afford him. Rodman only played 20 more games after that. He washed up with the Lakers, I believe. You know, Ron Harper was getting long in the tooth. You know, Steve Kerr. So you start to look at Judd Bushler and Bill Wennington or Bill Cartwright or whoever else was on those teams, and you're saying, you know, you had Kukoc. If you have Kukoc and Jordan, you got a chance. Would they have been as good as the Knicks that year? And that was, you know, strike-shortened season. I don't think they were better than the Spurs that year. And Spurs won a title. Yeah, Paul. Shaq was traded away from the Lakers in 05, after the 05 season. He was 32 years old. That next year in Miami, he was still a very good player, 23 and 11. But then the next couple of years, injuries and down to about uh, 18 points and eight and a half rebounds a game. Yeah. So it cooled off pretty quick. Yeah, he might have won a couple of more titles there with Kobe. 
because Kobe went on to win a couple more titles without Shaq. And, and maybe it would have been almost like Magic became the, the leader of the Lakers with Kareem in the twilight of his career. Maybe it would have been that way with Kobe and Shaq. But, yeah, I think back on Michael taking those two years off and you know, not winning titles there. Houston won those titles. If they had stayed together, would they have? If they won those titles there, would they have won the three titles that, you know, the second uh, three-peat? That's what I'm curious about. I think the enormity of it. Jordan was caught up in this world that he created. You know, he became this global star. He was not just a basketball player. I mean, he was a celebrity. He was like a leading man in Hollywood. But around the world, and I don't know if he could have continued that pace. I, I, as, as, most, as competitive as he was, I don't know if he could continue that pace. It was a, kind of strange seeing Leonardo DiCaprio coming into the locker room, and then you know Mike's like, "Yeah, okay, hey, yeah, cool, see, ya. yeah, yeah, I, get, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. Every place Jordan would go, he would have this. Like he was a, they were a traveling circus. Everybody wanted a piece of this. Everybody wanted to go meeting. Everybody, you would see this in the NBA Finals. There'd be celebrities all over the place." And they just wanted a piece of Mike. They wanted to say hello. They wanted to, you know, whatever it was, handshake. They just wanted to be around Michael Jordan. And I think that really took its toll on him. Uh, we got everybody's best and worst of the weekend, except for Paulie's. So. Uh, best of the weekend, I'm going to go Darlington NASCAR racing. The race was great. It was very natural. It felt just like any other NASCAR race. The celebration, like Seaton was talking about, was very weird because after the race is when you hear the fans, see the fans, <laughs> smoking tires, people were jumping up and down, pouring uh, Mountain Dew on each other. It was uh, quite subdued, but it was pretty cool. And then the passing of comedian actor Fred Willard. He was 86 years old. Mm. He's one of those guys who's not a household name. It's more like, I know that guy from this movie. I know that guy. He made everything better. If you haven't seen... Uh, best in show or one of his other movies. He was fantastic. Yeah. And we were just talking about him. I didn't realize that he was 86, but Fred Willard, he made everything he was in funnier. He just had that ability. A couple of phone calls, Chris in Arizona. Hey, Chris, what do you have for me this morning? Hey, Dan, how's it going? Good, five, sir. Six, five, six, a buck, one sixty. Uh, the best and the worst, I think the best was uh, definitely the whole 10-part ten part series of The Last Dance, and then the worst is getting all these uh, sources of the sources of the, <laughs> the Pizza Gate or the Clue Gate. We're going to start getting all these unwanted stories probably coming in that they know sources. So that's all I have. Thank all right. You. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, we had a source close to the person who made the pizza for Michael Jordan and said that he worked at Pizza Hut. He made the pizza and delivered the pizza, and there weren't five guys who went with him. We also got this from the director, Jason Hare, and he said the reason why the other people in the room didn't have any of the pizza and they didn't get sick is because Michael spit on the pizza so they wouldn't, <laughs> so they wouldn't eat it. And he said Michael would do this occasionally. He had some brownies when he was on a commercial shoot, and he wanted to make sure the security guys didn't eat the brownies, so he spit on the brownies, went out and did his photo shoot, and then came back so they wouldn't eat the brownies. Yes, Paulie? This guy's making 33 large a year, and he can't order two large cheeses? There's not a special? <laughs> there's not like a get some breadsticks for the fellas? I mean, one pizza? for There's four guys in a room. I don't Order a second pizza. I, one I, for you. No idea. Why is it that it was kept a secret that this was food poisoning and not the flu game? That's what I want to know.
That That's what I find amazing is all of these years, Michael never corrected anybody. Because we've all, re- hey, the flu game, man. Do you see Mike in the flu game? Man, he went off. And, and why did you change now? What, why, how did it become the flu game and you didn't correct anybody back then? Now it's the food poisoning game. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's so many questions I have. So many questions. Uh, what are you going to do? Right, uh, let me see. Bob in Florida joins us. Hey, Bob, what do you have for me today? Hello, Dan. Hi, Bob. 5'8", 199 pounds. All right. My best of the weekend was the live golf match. My worst of the weekend was my son told me yesterday he lost 50 bucks on that golf match. <laughs> That's pretty sad. Thank you, Bob. You're betting on a uh, match play? I watched it, but I, it was just because I knew that it was actually happening now, but it was okay. I, I would have had some more charismatic people in there. You know, Dustin Johnson plays in a charismatic way. He's not charismatic. Uh, Ricky Fowler plays in a charismatic way. Rory has a lot of charisma. Uh, and Wolf has that great swing, interesting swing, and he hits it a ton. But if you're going to have that, I want to have guys who are going to be having some. I, I hope the Jordan or the Jordan. <laughs> I hope that the uh, Tiger and uh, Phil Brady and Peyton Manning has has a, a little bit of spirit to it. A little personality, too, would be uh, great. HR in Utah. Utah. Hey, HR. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good, sir. What do you have for me? I'm good. Just a few thoughts. Appreciate you taking my call and love you guys uh, a lot. Listen to you every morning. Anyway, uh, just it seemed like Jerry Krause took a lot of the guff uh, for splitting up the Bulls, and I think it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you've said that, but to think that a GM is going to dictate to a, a billionaire owner uh, the splitting up of a franchise. You know, obviously, Reinsdorf uh, had a lot to do with that and was pushing the buttons on that deal. Um, another thought, just a, just a casual thought, it, it was kind of funny to watch the first eight episodes. I noticed that, uh, uh, you know, Jordan seemed to be a little bit lit up. Yeah. <laughs> He had a nice drink by him, and I don't, I don't mind anybody that drinks, but I thought it was curious that he uh, he seemed to be a little bit lit up during at least those first eight episodes. And uh, and lastly, I, I just found it a little bit sad. I, I, I'm 57. I grew up on Jordan. He's my age, and I, I love him. But it was sad for me to see a guy that has that much resentment and that you know can't get rid of of, you know, petty little differences with Barkley or with anybody. I, I just, uh, I kind of feel sad for him. And uh, although he's a great player, uh, I feel sad that he has to kind of live his life that way or sort of chooses to live it that way. But anyway, man, love your show. And uh, thanks for letting me come on. Thank you, HR. Appreciate that. Reggie in Washington. Hey, Reg, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Uh, I just got an interesting question here. Okay. Well, I got two things for you. But the first one is, do you think Jason Hare, the – director of the documentary you think he's going to get a uh like an oscar for best director or some type of sports award well i don't know if it's the fact that it's a 10-part series and i don't know how they look at something like that that you have 10 hours worth of a documentary and you know they look at the totality of that is it going to be an episode or their clip i don't know what's submitted 
to the uh, the voters on that, Reg. But I think it'll certainly uh, be up there for best documentary. I think that he's got a great chance. It's different from the OJ one uh, because OJ, that felt different. Like Michael didn't make me feel something. OJ's was life and death, literally life and death. And I think that, man, when you get sucked into that and you realize what's going on and you're watching a guy who murdered two people and he's going to get away with it and everything that, oh boy. I mean, it takes me back and you're, you know, you're, you're watching that. I'm at, I'm at the garden. I'm in Madison Square Garden, NBA Finals. And all of a sudden there's the game and then there's the chase on the monitors. And we started watching the chase. Not the monitor. Not the game. And you realized this is actually happening right now when we're at the NBA Finals. Yeah, Paul? Historically, documentaries have done pretty well at the Academy Awards. Free Solo about the climber Alex Honnold, uh, 2018, won the Academy Award. OJ Made in America won it in 2016. And others have been nominated before. Murphy in Georgia. We'll talk to Reggie Miller in about 10 minutes. Hey, Murph. How you doing, Dan? I appreciate your show. I was just wondering, have y'all come up with a name for the uh, Tom Brady documentary? Oh, gosh. Come out in 2021 after his last season. See, I don't know if Brady would be interesting. Uh, thank you, Murph. It, unless they really talked about some juicy things. But what's Brady going to say? What are people going to say about Brady? I don't, I don't find it very interesting. And I don't think people like the Patriots. They love the Bulls. Nobody loves the Patriots outside of New England. People love the Bulls around the world. It's just different. And football is not global. And I, I think with Tom Brady, you, know, you look at the pieces there and you go, it doesn't add up. At least not in my opinion. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You can watch on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show and listen on our great radio affiliates. The great Reggie Miller will join us coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. More phone calls coming up, best and worst of the weekend. Tomorrow's the 15th anniversary of Reggie Miller's final NBA game. Home loss to the Pistons that eliminated the Pacers. Game six, second round, Reg had 27 points, 11 of 16 from the floor, and a nine-point defeat. I text Reggie last night before the episode, and I just said, good luck. And then he said, tough crowd. I said, it's a crowd of one. It's MJ. You survived, Reg. You survived. Were you nervous? I was. I, I was nervous for the simple fact of that opening scene because they opened it with the fight, right, <laughs> uh, in 93. So that could have gone a number of different ways. Um, but I think it kind of drew people in and captivated people a little bit. But you're right. It, it, it was an audience of one. This was MJ's doc. Um, but I think it, it kind of pulled back the veil of how things were in the 90s and how competitive not only he was, but 
a lot of the guys that he butt heads with, me being one of those guys. So it was, it was cool to see, a little cathartic, as you mentioned, um, but it left me shaking my head as well. Uh, I wanted to come on here and first say, I hate Steve Kerr. I hate Steve Kerr. <laughs> I hate him. What? I love him. When I work through, I just, it, it just, painful memories. That game seven is just, it just makes me shake my head. Why do you hate Kerr so much? Because we expected MJ. We expected Scotty. We didn't expect little Stevie. Those 11 <laughs> points were the difference makers. And it was impactful 11 points in game seven. Big, big shots against us. Um, How does Rick Smith lose that tip? He's 7-4, Reg. That, I can't answer that. Okay. All right. Can't answer that. Um, it, it, it doesn't guarantee that we would win that ball game, but I would have liked our chances. Jordan was very complimentary, though. I, you know that the Pacer team. I mean, he he knew that that was that was a battle. Yeah. That that was as good a battle as he was probably ever in in those uh, in the in the nineties. And people need to understand too when they won seventy two games, seventy two and ten. Two of those ten losses came against us, and we really weren't a you know a contending team at that time. You know, the year before, um, we played a physical style of basketball led by Larry Brown, which was then kind of taken over by Larry Bird and, and Rick Carlisle. Um, but we had tough, tough dudes. And my Davis brothers, Rick, you know, we had, you know, Sam Perkins, we had LaSalle Thompson, we had Sam Mitchell. So we had a lot of guys that understood the game, had been around a long time. And, you know, I, I, I said this in, in the doc last night, you know, we, we really didn't fear them. We respected them, obviously. You respect all your opponents. But it was kind of comical at times watching how other teams approach the Bulls and how we approach them. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was fun. Do you have any different memory? Like, do you take away anything different from Michael and the Bulls having been in it, and you're so close to it, but now you're watching it as a quote-unquote fan? Anything think different? About think about this. As much as Michael has achieved, how iconic he is, right? Six NBA championships, you know, twice, three-time, back-to-back-to-back champions. You could see, and only a real athlete and a competitor could see this. Remember last week when I told you I always remember the bad games versus all the great moments that I've had? You, you remember. You could see when he's talking about a chase for number seven, and when they're talking about how maddening it is, him walking away at the height of his, his powers, you can see how much that pains him. This is a guy that has achieved everything. He has six, six rings. But what, what is clawing at him is the what if. What if on that seventh and then breaking up the team? And it kind of pains me to see that a little bit because we all, hey, we were all shuffling to get in line to come after them. I had my shot in 98. Who would have been the next year, you know? 
So it, it, it pains me to see that, that look on his face, him not having that opportunity. Hey, until they beat us, why break it up? I was also, and people want to know, you know, would they, what would they have done those two years if Michael didn't play baseball? And I don't know if they would have won the title. Now, to be fair to Houston, I don't know if they would have won the title because I do think that there was some burnout there with Michael. And I think you saw burnout there at the end of 98, Reg, yeah. where we, we can't imagine what that must be like to live in that world. And he created this world. Sure. Like he, was, he was held captive by being Air Jordan. And I think and, it took and, its toll. And people don't understand, 82-game regular season. And back in the 90s, there was no load management. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. We played. We had to play. And Michael was one of those guys who understood there is going to be someone in this building who hasn't seen me for the first time, who played a lot of money to come see me play. So he was going to lace them up. So – Think about this. He played 80 to 82 games, eight, nine years straight. Then a grueling, taxing playoff schedule where he won six championships. You're right. Fatigue was starting to set in. And I think teams were getting better as well. Um, you know, we'll never know with the whole Houston and their two championships. I would have loved to seen it because just as much as we didn't have an answer for MJ as guards, no one had an answer for Hakeem Olajuwon in the middle as well. Yeah. So that would have been a fabulous matchup. We're talking to Reggie Miller, Hall of Famer, Turner Sports NBA analyst. You see yourself in this fight with Michael Jordan. Like, are you? Are your kids watching this? <laughs> we put the kids to bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I made sure we put the kids to bed because I don't know what MJ was going to say. I told you. I didn't know. <laughs> um, I knew the fight was probably going to be a part of it. I didn't know it was going to lead the show. But it kind of set up the night, and it set up what was the anticipation of that epic seven-game series with Chicago. Um, but people need to understand that I just didn't go and shove Michael Jordan. I'm not that stupid. I hope they saw the preceding plays because he was elbowing me a couple times. And again, like I said, I can't hold my tongue, and I'm not going to back down. So it led to what it – but it just shows you the power of MJ. How do I get thrown out? We both were fighting. So how do I get thrown out in my own building? And that's what makes, that's what burns me. And then he goes on to score 40 and they win. Like that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Do you believe the pizza story that now it's food? Po why, why did it change from flu to food poisoning? And it changed for the documentary. Well, how are you going to say food poison? Food poison doesn't sound right. Flu game, because it, it kind of looked like he had the flu, but the more you think about it in the food poisoning, it sounds about right. So, what, maybe Pizzagate sounds good? How about Pizzagate? Hashtag flu no. game. It sound, <laughs> flu game sounded good, right? You can't have five guys deliver a pizza. Now, I, that I don't believe. I don't think five guys. First of all, Michael Jordan is not ordering. Those other two guys, as you know, Glover, the trainer, and whoever his other friend, Charlie, or whatever that guy was, <laughs> they're ordering the pizza under their name. So how are they going to know it's for MJ? 
Don't you right? get your pizza from the yeah, lobby? Under his name. You get it from the lobby. They don't right. like yeah. it. You would, you would go down to the lobby and get the pizza. You wouldn't allow, first of all, it's Michael Jordan. And as you saw, he had pianos in his rooms on the road. <laughs> so obviously he was on a secure floor. And obviously he traveled with about 30 security guards, as we see in this docu-series. So why would he let them up on the floor? There's a lot of holes in here, MJ. <laughs> a lot of holes in here. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was interesting um, when you start to look at when Michael looked like he was going to break down in this documentary, and then yeah. he, would, he, would not, he, he couldn't allow himself to break down. Like, yeah. I can't. It's a weakness. I can't allow. When he says, let's take a break there, he was talking about how I don't, I don't think he could be any different than what he was. I think he was, this is who he is, and he was trapped in this. He could never turn this off, Reg, ever, ever. And why apologize for it, right? And he said this himself, winning comes at a price. Did he push his players? Yes. Will Purdue, was he an asshole? Yes. Okay, right? That's just how he was. And to me, there's no reason to apologize because he put a lot of money in Reinsdorf's pocket, in his teammates' pockets, in absolutely the league. David Stern said it right. We were in you know 70 to 80 countries and it expanded to close to 300. And a lot of that has to do with Chicago and the marquee name, Michael Jordan. Do you think, and if, I think this was a you know brilliant marketing plan by Michael Jordan and his team to put this out now because of LeBron and you know LeBron going to the Lakers and maybe winning another title and now all of a sudden he's got four now all of a sudden got a little bit more of a conversation here I got a chance to sell some shoes I got I can remind uh, you know the people who saw me and I can you know introduce myself to a, a new generation here I I think this was a brilliant marketing plan but is there is it all positive? Like, people take away positives from this, Reg. Do you right. think, or is there something that's negative about this that Michael Jordan might regret? I think the, and I wouldn't necessarily call it negative, but it did kind of raise eyebrows, the whole not backing of the U.S. senator in North Carolina yeah. back in the day, maybe not doing that. To me, that's what kind of separates MJ from LeBron because LeBron has the platform and the tools and the social backing to do that. MJ was never about that. Um, to me, and you're right, it checks all the boxes for MJ. He opened up a new audience. He continued, Air Jordans continue to be an iconic brand. Um, so those are great things to me. I will go to my grave saying this. I will think that MJ is the GOAT. Um, but I think it put it to bed. But let me just say this okay. in LeBron's defense, though. I, I think LeBron, because of social media, and he's not afraid to speak his mind, I, I think people view him in a different light than MJ because he has those platforms. MJ would never... He would never do that. I mean, he, LeBron has started schools to help kids out. I don't think MJ would ever have done that. MJ was all about the craft and winning. And I'm not saying LeBron isn't, but in today's age of social media, you've got to have a package. And LeBron has, to me, 
a bigger portfolio and package than MJ. But MJ didn't have this in the night in the 80s and 90s. There was no social media. There was no Twitter, Instagram. I th- Who would you know, rather play with, Jordan or LeBron? And my type of skills in my game? Yeah. LeBron. But if you're asking me who the better player is and who the best. No, better chance to win. It would be MJ. Okay. To win because it was win at all cost. My skill set is playing with LeBron. Like I could play with Magic probably better than I probably could play with MJ. MJ and I would butt heads. We're just too much alike. Yeah, I I was mentioning this, that you had Larry and Magic, or it was Magic and Larry, and then all of a sudden Mike came along. And it's it's not like he stayed too long with Magic and Larry on their level. He took it to another, like he didn't, they didn't give him the baton. He took the baton. But was there any resentment, do you think, with the older guard in the NBA with Jordan that, who are you? coming in and you got your own shoe. I mean, this is this stuff really was I know that Clyde Frazier had his own shoe. Like some guys had their own shoe, but this he, this guy came out of nowhere from the standpoint of team isn't any good and here he comes and now all of a sudden there he goes. And I think this kind of goes to what the whole beef maybe was with Isaiah. There was grumblings again about that first all-star game with Isaiah kind of freezing him out in that all-star game. Um, again, I wasn't there. I wasn't on that all-star team, but you know, there's whispers about that and too much too soon. But I kind of think he kind of proved that he deserved all this uh, in terms of MJ. Um, but in terms of magic and Larry, because they rescued the NBA in the eighties, right? Yeah. And Michael just took it to a different level and he helped put money in the in our pockets, the rest of the players, because revenue sharing, TV rights, that all expanded because of MJ and the success of Chicago. Coolest piece of memorabilia you got in the crib? And again, this is a rental. This is not all that. Home. Okay, all right. So, so this is a rental. So we don't have a lot of stuff here. We're just. Laying our heads down here. What would be the coolest thing? Memorabilia. You know I will show you the coolest thing. Just wait one second right there. <laughs> this is the coolest thing, Dan Patrick. Reggie Miller joining us on the Dan Patrick Show. Is he going to bring in a child? <laughs> That's why. I... Reggie going into another room here. Yeah, because he, of course, was affected by the fires and they had to get a. Uh, a different house to go to. I was in Los Angeles at that time when I saw Reg. When I was out there, I think I was doing uh, the uh, interview show, Undeniable. Here come. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's uh, what exactly? That's your. That's a almost a life size. That's a that's life size <laughs> right here. That's this a- is the coolest memorabilia <laughs> right here. <laughs> How big is that bobblehead? That, that's like Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> I don't know who sent this to me, how I got it. It was 
one of my last years in Indiana. How about you stand behind the bobblehead, and we can't see you, but you move the head a little bit, and you, you just talk. Hey, Reggie. Do you... I don't know who sent this, but <laughs> it's so cool that from here on out, my Zooms are all going to be this. Reggie, do. Do, you really think, do you really think Michael Jordan's overrated, Reggie? Yes, I do. And I tell you what, if he kept talking all that noise, AJ, you were going to have problems, buddy. I care about you, Black Jesus. Whoa. Yeah, you better walk on water. But when this light skinned assassin gets a hold of you, oh, I'm coming for you. The light skinned assassin. Hey, pop your head up real quick. I want to ask you about the. I haven't heard anything from the commissioner. And I'm assuming that's a good thing. Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, what are we looking at here with the NBA season? I think the longer it goes, it's not going to happen. I think I know they're opening practice facilities. I just don't see it, Dan. I really don't. I hope I'm wrong. So I no season. My, I hope me and my light-skinned bobblehead can go back to work, <laughs> but I just do not see it. When you brought it out, I thought it was Austin Crozier. <laughs> it's I, when I had here. Well, how about this? Look at the parts. That's what oh, I had. That that was your rookie year where you had that. Yes, come on, I had the <laughs> Bobby Brown. Girl, you know it's true. My prerogative. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you got your due last night. I didn't want MJ to uh, say some things like he did some of these other players but uh, again i did my interview in january or february so i don't think uh they he he did his interviews way earlier december I was my interview so if i would have done my my interviews a year ago remember this was two and a half years in the making this docuseries yeah so a lot of those interviews with gary payton and all those other guys they were probably done early and that's why he had a chance to have a rebuttal. He didn't have a chance to have a rebuttal. Carl Malone d didn't want to be interviewed. Byron Russell refused. I can see that. Stock it, Stockton it, begrudgingly It wasn't did. going to end well for those two. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Reg, and little Reg there. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it, Theodore. <laughs> you are truly the best. My dad is. This is why we are family. <laughs> it's Reggie Miller and little Reggie. Light-skinned Reg. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break here. Last call for phone calls back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Joe in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the winner of Fritzy's scoreboard challenge, 51-44. Paulie, give me this day in sports history, then we'll try to figure out 51-44. and 44. It's kind of a quiet this day in sports history, Dan. 1933, the first Major League Baseball All-Star game was announced. They hadn't had one before 1933, mm -hmm. and it's played uh, at Comiskey Park in Chicago as part of the World's Fair. I do have a this day in movie history. Okay. This movie was released in 19, May 16th, 1986. It grossed $360 million worldwide. Here's a hint, Dan. It has the greatest male volleyball scene of oh. guys wearing <laughs> jeans playing beach volleyball of all time. That made $300 million? 
Yes. Top Gun. Worldwide. That's back when that was a lot of dough. Man. Top Gun was released uh, this week, 1986. Yeah. And then when is the new one coming out? Not soon enough. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Todd, help me with your scoreboard challenge here. 51 okay, so and 44. The clue for 51 is flipping the bird. All right. That's Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, May 18th, 2004, hit the bird. Actually, didn't hit the bird. He threw his 16th, the 16th perfect game in Major League Baseball history, beating the Braves 2 nothing. But uh, the bird might help you out. But that was a Randy Johnson perfect game. For 44, a fall sense of security. A fall sense of security. A fall. So somebody fell. Or something that happened in the fall. Mm. Like, like the uh, specific month where uh, baseball crowns a champion. Oh, okay. Uh, Reggie Jackson. May 18th, 1946, Reggie Jackson is 74 years old today, number 44. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Uh, Justin in South Dakota. Hi, Justin. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Uh, six foot, two and a quarter. Hey, I was just wondering, what would it take for somebody to dethrone Jordan as the greatest of all time? Well, I think you have to have more than six titles. You have to have at least six titles. If LeBron gets to six titles, but the problem is he has losses in the finals. And that's the difference. You know, Brady moved past uh, Joe Montana because he had more. And he had all those losses, though, uh, three losses. But six titles and three losses, that will trump Joe Montana in people's minds. If LeBron gets to six titles, I still don't think that he will ever exceed Michael Jordan in people's minds. I just don't. Because Jordan has just reminded you, and then he has... You know, put this out there for another a new audience to understand this, that his greatness. And I, I don't I, I just think it's too much of a lead for LeBron to make up, even if he had the same number of titles. I don't think so. Jim in Pennsylvania. Hey, Jim, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan, uh, 5'11", 200. <laughs> uh, listen, it was an absolutely spectacular series. Uh, I'll watch it again and again. You talked about, you know, maybe the next series. Uh, there's an athlete who's actually still playing right now, and hopefully we don't have to wait 22 years for a 10-part docuseries about him. And I'm telling you, I think it could be just as riveting, if not more, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Well, you have to be willing to subject yourself to this. And there's a lot of things that he would have to answer. Because Jordan, whether you believe it or not, Jordan did address baseball, his father's death, gambling. Uh, now we find out it's food poisoning, not the flu game. So there were things. Now, you, you may not have, you know, been satisfied with what you heard, but these things were addressed. Is Tiger willing to open himself up to that? And I don't think he is. I'd be surprised if he would do something like that. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What up, though? One time for chat. Well, listen, man, that Reggie interview was wonderful. I'm glad I got a chance to watch it and be on hold at the same time. Best and worst of the weekend. Best is going to be um, – I got a best and a best. Best of the weekend is going to be – I've never watched NASCAR ever in life, just sat down and watched it. <laughs> I actually uh, enjoyed it, and it gives me hope that sports are going to return. So, yeah. you know, that was really, really positive. I breezed past a little bit of golf. It was kind of different, like you said, because I, I've seen it, but, you know, just having the silence there is kind of eerie. Uh, I mean, all we have is the last dance, and which comes to my bester. The last dance has had his last dance. I mean, my goodness. 
Michael Jordan discovered electricity and everything else. You know, I'm a hater. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to end up watching the documentary because of the man's greatness. That can't be denied. But, uh, yeah. And it's funny because in chat row, we discussed over under on Monday mentions of Michael Jordan 300. Somebody said they would take the over. (laughs) Have a good one. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, we kind of... Stayed on Jordan for the most part. I was going to get into baseball's new plans. The fact the NBA is silent right now, is that a good thing? I hope it's a good thing. And as Reggie said, the longer this goes, we would be having, I think, the Western Conference Finals right now. I just don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm on record as saying when this first started, I didn't think the season was going to happen. I think you're going to have some seasons that are going to start later with college football and pro football. But the NBA is sort of in this, you got a window here. Can you squeeze it in? And I just don't know, man. Don't know. Go around the room what we learned on the program. Back left. Todd, I'll start with you. I learned that you listened to soccer on the radio yesterday morning. That's fascinating. (laughs) I listened to the Bundesliga for a half hour yesterday on the radio. McLovin, what did you learn? Once again, our callers get to the bottom of the story with (laughs) iTeam reports. (laughs) I know the guy who made the pizza in Utah, and he's the one who brought it to Michael's room. It was $15. It was a large pepperoni pizza, thin crust, and Tim Grover gave him a 20 and said, keep the change. That's all we have right now. Seton O'Connor. Michael Jordan's the kind of guy that would spit on his own food. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I took away from today. That we were like, nobody else got sick. And then, you know, we heard that, uh, you know, the director uh, said, hey, you know what? He spit on the pizza so nobody would eat any of it. Paulie, what'd you learn? Carl Malone passed on being in the Last Dance documentary. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are taken care of. That's why LegalZoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. A lot of fun. Thanks for letting us be part of your day. Talk to you tomorrow. Seton Paulie, Fritzy McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show.